Say hey to your neighbor. Say hey to the second choice. So, yeah, this, I did that a couple weeks ago. I don't get any more laughs out of that one. Isn't it awesome to be at church? Um, uh, I'm going to give you a quick update uh, before we jump into the message because maybe some of you are wondering or you haven't heard this before, but we are buying this building soon. And what's amazing is kind of all of this is kind of leading up to our fifth anniversary in the building in October. So I'm excited, um, but we, we're working on all the details, and we'll let you know the details very soon. But what reminded me of it this morning is a family walked into church today and said, here's $1,000 for the building. They're like, awesome. So we need about another, you know, I'm just kidding. Um, but listen, my encouragement until we give you all the details, pray about what God would ask you to do. And pray um, that everything would work the way that God wants it to. Amen? I'm excited about it. Everybody kind of amen, just kind of like, if I amen too loud, that means like $1,000. So I better, I better be careful here a little bit. But you know what? God's going to work it out no matter what. And if he wants to use us in the process, that would be awesome, right? I remember uh, I was talking to my dad the other day, and um, he was saying when he was younger, um, his his father had started this business and it was pretty successful. And uh, one day when he was um, maybe in his late teens, he said, "Hey, come with me. I want to show you what I what I do." And you know what? I feel like God wants us as Christians to do that. He's like, "Come on, come on, son. Come on, daughter. Let me show you what I'm doing." And I've been doing it for a long time. Isn't that awesome? That when he spoke the world into existence, that's what he's been doing all along. He's been speaking life and light into people. And you know what he's asking you today to do? He's just, hey, come on, let me show you something. So can you um, today open your mind to the word for me? Because today we're going to be talking about some things that uh, maybe you do have questions about. And so we're on our second part to this Holy Spirit series. Next week we have a, a special guest that we've been trying to get for a while, so he's going to be here. But today we're going to be talking about the meaning of Pentecost. Everybody say Pentecost. Is that scary, that word? Some of us it is. I feel like. I feel like. So by the end of this, you're going to understand more about what the word Pentecost means. So really quickly, if you would, wouldn't mind, did anybody grow up um, Pentecost? Anybody? Okay. All right. Baptist. Any Baptists in the house? Okay. Methodist. Catholic. Yes. Um, you didn't go to church at all? And others. Okay, cool. So today, um, when I was growing up, we went to all sorts of churches. I grew up in what in Canada we call UPC. It's called United Pentecostal Church. And at that church, a, a lady was not allowed to wear makeup. She could not cut her hair. And she could not wear pants. She had to wear a dress. And so that's how I grew up till I was about eight or nine years old in a church like that. And there was lots of different rules and regulations. And I remember my dad, there was no TV allowed. And so my dad would rent a TV 
in a VCR to watch a movie. And back in the day, that was a big deal. Like 1991, My Girl, that was the first movie. Um, and uh, yeah, don't watch it. Um, but we all grew up a little different. And then I, w- I went to a Baptist church. A we- Anybody go to a Wesleyan church up north? Couple Wesleyans, you guys, have, you guys, anybody? I think you put your hand up for everything. No, I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, but we all grew up a little bit different. But today at church, I just want you to open your mind to God's word. Man has kind of messed it up a bit by trying to. Well, we're Baptists, we're Pentecostals, we're this, we're that. Let's put all that to the side. Is that cool today? Can we do that? Can we just be like New Hope Church people and Christians? That Okay, perfect. It sounds like we all agree. And so what I love about Acts is we, we have this amazing moment where Jesus had been talking all through the gospel saying, Listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go away, but I'm not going to leave you homeless. I'm going to give you the Spirit, my Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Some of the other translations say Holy Ghost. We'll, we'll stick with spirit today, if that's okay, because I'm scared of ghosts. But look what it says in Acts. Listen, this is 19 chapters into Acts. The, the Holy Spirit had been poured out. And look what it says in Acts 19, 1 to 2. And this is kind of the main verse that we've been looking at the last two weeks. While Apollos was at Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. And if you have your bulletin, you have some fill-ins there today, quite a bit. I encourage you to fill those out. There he found some disciples. Look, he found some Christians there in Ephesus and asked them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And look how they answer this question, much like maybe some of us. No, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. Maybe some of you grew up in denominations where they just were like, we're not talking about Acts 2. We're not talking about the tongues thing. We're kind of, we don't know. We're just going to, it's in the Bible. Shouldn't we talk about it? God's got something special for us on the menu. I want all the stuff on the menu. But it says here, they answered, no, we have not even heard that there is a Holy Spirit. They haven't even heard that there's prophecy. We haven't even heard of any of this. A lot of people are like that today. Possibly because of just the church or background we grew up in. And that's okay, isn't it? And how many people maybe wrapped up the Holy Spirit, this great gift, either in the wrong way or in a way that was confusing? I remember growing up, I was confused. And last week, we talked about the Holy Spirit is translated as this breath of fresh air. Now, uh, Howie was at my house this week, and we were um, getting the ground ready for something I'm doing in my backyard, and it was very humid. And so we were very humid. (laughs) Right? And guess what happened? This fresh air started flowing into the backyard. And guess what? It was refreshing. And the Holy Spirit wants to refresh you, not just today, but every day. 
Amen? And some of us, maybe when we hear about the Holy Spirit, we want to say, listen, I'm good with God the Father, God the Son, I can understand, but the Holy Spirit, I don't understand. And this word Pentecost today, Pentecost, what does it mean? Does it mean long hair and no makeup? Nope. We used to have chandeliers in this building. Does it mean hanging off the chandeliers? Nope. It's really scary, guys. You want to know what the word means? 50. Oh, oh my goodness. Can everybody say 50? 50. Pent. Pentecost. You know that Pentecost, and we're going we're gonna to dive into a little bit deeper as I go through here, but Pentecost means 50. It's 50 days from Easter. That's it. That's what it means, and we're going to go, obviously, go a little bit deeper. But look at here. Acts 2, 1 says this. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. So in, to, in order to understand what Pentecost means, we need to understand that there are about seven major holidays in the Jewish calendar. Okay, so imagine our calendar, we've got Christmas and Easter and July 4th and President's Day and Memorial Day and all of them, right? So in the Jewish calendar, there is seven um, pretty major holidays, but really the Christian church and the Jews celebrate three big ones. We get that? And so what we're going to do for the next couple moments is I want to walk through these because it'll help you understand uh, these. And each one is unique. So God used these holidays, right? Everything that God does is on purpose. Did you notice that? It wasn't just like, well, okay, now that the New Testament's come around, we're just going to get rid of everything else. It doesn't work that way. Everything that he's been doing throughout history is on purpose for right now. Isn't that great that God has planned ahead and that he can plan ahead? Look what it says in Matthew 5, 7. Jesus says this. This is his words. It says, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I've come to not abolish, but fulfill them. So we're going to walk through three of these major holidays. The first one being Passover. Everybody say Passover. 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 So you're in Egypt. Egypt is in 400 years of slavery. And um, God comes along, and there's this guy named Moses... And he said, go get my people out of Egypt. So Moses goes and says, Pharaoh, let my people go. Was that pretty good? Thank you. Thank you. Let my people go. So there's all of these plagues. And then the last plague, because God's really trying to say, hey, Pharaoh, you need to do what I'm asking you to do. The last plague, does anybody remember the, the last one? The firstborn male of every family would die. Now, that's what kind of is different from the Old Testament to now, but this is what it was. 
So unless they would put blood on the doorpost of their house that night, then the, the child, the firstborn son of that household would die that evening. So the Jews went and did this, and it's called the Passover. So when they left Egypt, God said, celebrate this every year. The Passover lamb would be sacrificed, guess what time during the morning? 9 a.m. So they would, this would, their celebration of their freedom, the celebration, if you want to put it back up, of salvation, right? It wasn't their salvation for eternity. It was their salvation of getting out of Egypt, the place where they had been in bondage for 400 years. Guess what, church? People have been to, in bondage to what? Sin. And so the Passover represents our salvation. So then, so the lamb, um, Passover lamb was sacrificed at 9 a.m. The lamb was put in the oven at 3 p.m. to be cooked, not like an oven you have. And the sacrifice covered their sin. And Jesus didn't come to abolish that. Guess what he did? What was the word earlier? He came to fulfill that. Jesus was sacrificed at 9 a.m. in the morning. At 3 p.m., he died. And his sacrifice removes our sin. Do you see the pattern? God is helping us understand through the Passover. And Passover represents your salvation. Look what it says in 1 Corinthians 5.17. Look, for Christ, our Passover lamb. Everybody say Passover Everybody still with me? Passover lamb has been sacrificed. Look what it says in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. Guess what, everybody? Passover is for you and it's a free gift of salvation. You don't have to do anything to earn it, to deserve it. Jesus came that you would have it free. All right, second holiday. Everybody say number two. This is the second holiday. Don't put it up yet, but it's called Pentecost, and then we'll let you know what it means a little bit more. So Pentecost is really scary. It means 50. 50 days, seven weeks after Easter. They were celebrating the day that the law was given on Mount Sinai, the Ten Commandments. So the, the Jews, their celebration of Pentecost would be 50 days after Passover, and they were celebrating that they received the Ten Commandments. Pretty awesome, right? That they get these Ten Commandments, thou shalt not, right? All of them. And guess what happened during this? Number one, a cloud descended with a loud noise and fire. If you read in, in Exodus, you'll see it. Number two, God wrote his law on tablets of stone. Pretty awesome, right? Number three, 3,000 3, people died that day because they were worshiping a golden calf. Now, go back and read Exodus. It's all in there, but don't take my word for it. Read your Bible. Amen? But how does this mirror to now, to the New Testament church in 2022? Well, Pentecost happened. The Holy, 
the Holy Spirit descended with a loud sound and fire. Same thing as when they received the Ten Commandments. Number two, God wrote his law on what? Not on a stone tablet, but on our... Pretty awesome, right? And then number three, 3,000 people gave their life to Jesus that day and were saved almost immediately after the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. That's Pentecost. Isn't that amazing? Now, is it scary now, Pentecost? No, people have made it different, haven't they? Like, oh, I, I don't know about that church. They're Pentecostals. Right? I'm a Pentecostal, a Baptist. I believe in the baptism as well. Um, if they call any, you know, if there was a church called the Salvation Church, I'll be all about that. But look what it says here in Acts 1, 3 to 5. After his suffering, he presented himself to them and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days. So that's 40, right? Remember we said that Pentecost was, was uh, 50 days from Passover. So here's 40, and I'll show you where the other 10 is, and spoke about the kingdom of God. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. And really, this is the last thing he said physically to them here. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised. Now, do you guys like gifts? Anybody like gifts? At Christmas time, we all love to get a gift. Caleb is wanting a gift. Wait. Everybody say wait. Wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. And now here's one of the key verses that we need to help understand today. Everybody listening? Look. For John baptized with water. All right? That's where people get um, the denomination, the baptism, right? Because you want to be saved and baptized. We baptized uh, six people a couple weeks ago. It was awesome. But look. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Well, baptism is full immersion, right? When we baptize here at New Hope, we put you all the way under the water and bring you back. God is saying, you need to be fully immersed in my spirit. And it's not a physical thing, it's a spiritual thing. Amen? So we ask the question, but why? Why, God? Why do I need to be baptized in the Spirit? Why? What does this even mean? You know, my background says that, you know, that's, that's from a long time ago. No, no, this is the New Testament church. This is how the church was planted. We are a part of the same church 2,000 years later. Nothing has changed between um, Acts 1 and 2 till now. We're in the same church. Does that make sense? So why? He says it a couple verses later, Acts 1, 8. Look at this. Got it? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my what? 
witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, I don't know about you, but that's not weird. Jesus says, I want to baptize you in my spirit so that you will have the same power in me so you can go and be a witness. I want that. So I know we're going to kind of backtrack a little bit, Diana, but Pentecost, so you can fill your thing in, is the power to make a difference. Power to make a difference. And I know there's a lot of people in the room who are like, Nope, this is, this is not for today. It's for today. And even if it wasn't, wouldn't you want to find out if it was? And say, God, if it's for today, I want everything on the menu. Amen? All right, so then we got to go to this third one. Everybody say tabernacles. Tabernacles. Now, don't give them the answer yet. But then there's this third uh, isn't this awesome stuff? There's a third celebration. So we've got Passover, we've got Pentecost, and then we have one called Tabernacles. Everybody say Tabernacles one more time. So back then they were wandering and living in temporary huts. They were uh, brought to their final home, right? The land flowing with milk and honey. And they celebrated this during the harvest season. So they called it tabernacles because that's what they called where they lived and and where they worshipped. So look at this. Here's the mirror. We're living on earth temporary, aren't we? We're just passing through, the Bible says. And then number two, we'll we'll be brought to our final home where? Not in the land flowing with milk and honey on this earth, but in heaven. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great promise? And then three, there will be a great final harvest of people. Do you know that there's been more people, you may not believe this, there's been more people saved on the earth in the last 20 years than there has been in the last 2,000 years. We're in the final harvest. And some of us are just kind of like, Okay, I'm just going to do the church thing and do my thing. No, God is saying you need to be filled with my power so that you can go be a witness. Because we're, we're in the final harvest. So here's the answer. Tabernacles is the second coming of Christ. That's what it represents in the New Testament church, if you want to put that up there. Tabernacles, the second coming of Jesus. Everybody with me? So look what it says here in 1 Thessalonians, and this will help you. 1 Thessalonians 4, 16 to 17. It says, for the, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet. Everybody say trumpet. The trumpet call of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, he who are still alive and our left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Amen. So we've got these three major holidays. Passover. That's the, now in the New Testament, that's the cross. We have salvation. It's a free gift. Then we have 
our assignment from Pentecost. We get the power from God. And we have tabernacles that we understand that as we become a Christian, we have eternity with Christ forever. Amen. So understanding the meaning of Pentecost, this is one of the hardest to understand because each denomination has treated it differently. Right? We all can kind of agree on what baptism is, water baptism, but we can't all agree on Pentecost. But it's right there, black and white, in the Word. Look what it says in Acts 2, 12. In amazed and perplexed. Have you ever been perplexed about something before? They ask one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? And so I want to, before we close today, I want to give you, um, I want to give you three areas because the Lord wants to empower believers. Amen? And so maybe you came in today and you feel powerless. Maybe you have an addiction. Maybe you just feel like, man, I follow Jesus, but I'm having a really rough time with every decision in my life. Well, the Holy Spirit is there to come alongside you and help you, empower you to do the right things. So number one, the Holy Spirit empowers me to live righteously. Everybody say right. Don't you want to live righteously in a right way, the way that God has called you to live? I know I do, and I know it's hard to sometimes, especially in our culture. When you're, you know, clicking through Netflix, you're like, you watch the first two or three episodes, and then it turns like, wait, where'd that come from? You're like, okay, I got to find another one. Right? It's hard to live righteously in our culture. You're going through Facebook, whatever it might be. Re- remember, Pentecost originally was about the giving of the law. That is an outside thing. It was the Ten Commandments. But now we can experience God's Spirit and where He writes it on our heart. Amen. Once you're filled with the Spirit, the law goes from the outside, so from here really, to the inside, the writing on our heart. Have you ever asked God what His will was for you? Come on, be honest. Anybody? Yeah, we, a lot of us, right? God's will for us is to be filled with the Spirit so He could lead us in His will every day on every corner. What do I do here? Do, where, what do I make this? How do I make this decision? How do I re- live righteously? Look what it says in Romans 8, 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, right? When we are When we are not followers of Christ, we are following our sin nature, our flesh, like the word likes to say, right? We're following that. But, look, not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit. If the Spirit of God lives in you. That's a key word there, if. 
Because why? He wants to transform us. And it becomes like a lot of times I want to or I have to. You know those things at work that you're just like, oh, I have to do that. But then there's these ones where you're like, I get to do this, right? I get to go over and do this. It's the same idea. And we listen to this still small voice. Look what it says in Isaiah 30, 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Don't you want to hear God's voice? And I'm sure a lot of us do. Maybe all of us do. And that's amazing. And we don't, need, we don't want to quiet God's voice from us. We want to allow his voice to speak boldly into our life. Amen? There's been many times in my life that I had to make a big decision on where to move or go and it was really scary, but I felt like God saying, no, no, this is the way to go. So imagine Tara and I, we're 21 years old, and I get this, um, this offer as a youth pastor in Denver, Colorado, which we're going to be playing them for the, in the finals, the Colorado Avalanche. And I keep getting texts from youth. They're now like, you know, in their 30s. They're like, hey, Pastor Landon, who are you going for? I'm like, uh, Tampa, hello. Um, so we, uh, we're in Canada at the time, and we'd just been married about a year, and we felt like we were supposed to go. We packed up. We did everything right. We did everything we felt like we were supposed to do. And we get to the American border, and guess what they do to your, your pastor? They say, you, you go home. You're not, you're not, we're not allowing you in here. I'm like, why don't they do that? Yeah, we're not going to get into that. Um, so for three or four days, my wife is on the phone, who is the American in our household at the time, which I'm American now, but she calls up like, what's the deal? We, we filled out everything you said. We did this. We did that. And so every day she just keeps calling like the persistent widow. Come on, come on. So finally, she gets a hold of the right person. Isn't it nice when you get a hold of the right person? So we, she gets a, head, a hold of the right person, and I don't know what their rank was, but he, he ran that border crossing. And he said, no, no, you did all the right things. Come on. So we show up there. He brings us into his office. And he said, the guy that, that wouldn't let you in um, didn't follow the right procedures. And he's actually in trouble. So I'm sorry. Welcome to America. <laughs> But you know what? We followed what God said, and we, we tried our, we just kept doing it. And you know what? That's what, that's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes we're in the middle of it, right? Where we feel like we're doing the right thing. We just got to keep knocking at the door. We keep knocking, right? We keep doing what God's calls to. Number two, the Holy Spirit empowers me, right? We're talking about his power. Why does he empower me? To live supernaturally, Right? We all live naturally, right? We get our food. We, uh, we have a place to live. We, all of these things are our natural things. But God wants you to live in a supernatural way. Amen? And that is hard, but he wants to put the super to our natural. He is the super to our natural. You were never intended to just live naturally. Jesus was supernatural, right? 
You, you, you read all throughout Scripture where Jesus would just lay a hand on someone or he would say something, he'd break some bread, right? Five loaves, two fish equals 5,000, remainder 12. That's a supernatural math equation. And I have seen it personally in my life that God is supernatural. And he wants to empower you by his spirit to live that way. You know what? Not because he wants you to look down on others who maybe don't think that way. Because that's not what Christians do. But he wants it to be used for his kingdom. For other people to be saved. And it doesn't have to be weird. It has to be like God. Amen? Right? He says to a man, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. Isn't that pretty supernatural? Because in the natural, the man was just lying on the floor. He, he had been that way uh, since birth. But Jesus is like, not any longer, because I'm going to add super to your natural. Acts 10, 30, 38. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. We, weren't, we aren't here to just have some songs at church. We're not just here to show up and be like, okay, I did my Bible thing for the week. No, we're here to be empowered by the Holy Spirit because God wants us to do more. God wants us to experience more. God wants us to go out and do what he did. So that brings us to number three and the last one. The Holy Spirit empowers me to live on mission. Everybody say mission. Isn't it great that God has a mission for you? And for your home and your church and your job, that you aren't here just for like a mistake, right? There wasn't just some random explosion and you're here now. No, no, God created you to be you for such a time as this. You're here on purpose, every one of you. All of you. Even that person who thinks, well, I'm not, I can't do it. No, no, you're in that home, you're at that job, you're in this church on purpose to make a difference. Listen, if you're looking for a church just for you, like a movie, like you show up, hey, it's my movie for the week, this is not your church. Because, yes, we're here to grow, but we're here also to be here on mission. Amen? Like Pastor Landon just said, this is not my church. No, no, it's your church. But we're here on mission. We're here to serve others. We're here to be kind to others. We're here to love each other. We're here to pray for each other. We're here to be empowered by the Spirit of God. And listen, we are not qualified to do it unless we're full of God's Spirit. Because we're just doing it on our own in the natural. Right? And maybe it'll look good on the outside. Maybe it'll be like, okay, oh, wow. Yeah, it's a great church. But we need to be empowered by His Spirit. 
The Lord says in First Thessalonians uh, uh, one to five or one five, our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with. Listen, we've been talking about it all day, with the Holy Spirit and with deep conviction. Now, this is not. And not that we don't follow the Old Testament, we do, but this is New Testament. You are part of the New Testament church. There's been people in our church, I'm pointing at one right here, who've been healed of cancer, not once, not twice, three times. I don't know about you, but Davis is here on purpose, for a purpose, amen? just like the rest of us. And it's by God's power, not something naturally that any of us have done. It's because God still heals. So if you believe that God still heals, why do you not believe that God still fills us with his spirit and with his power and gives us the gifts of the spirit? Amen? So I want to challenge you today. Can we stand before we go? Can I challenge you today? I want us to pursue God for a moment. I was going to have people come and pray, and we might get to that, but can we just spend some time saying, God, are you speaking to me today? Do you want me to be baptized in your spirit, just like we've been talking about all day? Is this something you want me to experience? And I, I think his answer is yes. But then are you willing for God to fill you with his spirit today? So can we just take a moment? And you can come down front if you want. But can we just take a moment and say, God, let me experience you. Not, I don't want to experience you because of Pastor Landon, but I just want to experience you. I want you to fill me with your spirit today. Can we do that for a moment?